Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 7. Now, immediately you're going to say, well, wait a minute, preacher, we left off in Revelation chapter 5. And you're right, we did. Uh, but, uh, actually, we're, we're going to cover Revelation 6 and 7 tonight. We're just not going to read all of that. Everybody say a sigh of relief. Uh, say a, a, a prayer of thanks right there for that. Now, we're not going to go through all of that. You can, you can take the time to read that yourself. Uh, hopefully you've been reading this. Uh, this uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, is probably one of the most well-known scriptures in the book of Revelation. It is uh, the section of, the, of scripture that deals with the 144,000. Now, the reason it's so well-known is because for, uh, you've got uh, groups like the Jehovah's Witnesses who have the belief that the 144,000 mentioned here in Revelation chapter 7 refers to those who will be saved uh, and actually go to heaven, that, uh, that only 144,000 of those faithful believers uh, who follow after the teachings of their church will actually go to heaven. And the rest of those who may find themselves faithful but not as good as uh, the 144,000, um, they wind up on the uh, new earth. And uh, by the way, if you ask any Jehovah's Witness, every one of them, every one of them believes they're one of the 144,000. Every single one of them believes they're the ones that's the be- one of the better ones that, that deserve to be actually in heaven as opposed to being on the new earth. And, uh, but anyway, uh, that's where this... Uh, uh, belief of the Jehovah's Witnesses come from this passage of Scripture. Also, this is uh, believed by some also to be the number of those redeemed of Israel, saved and sealed by uh, the Holy Spirit after the rapture of the Gentile church and after the, tribu- uh, and after the tribulation. And that's why this is also very popular because it points to that, uh, that belief by so many uh, in this passage of Scripture. Um, uh, the, um, and you might be saying this is kind of awkward uh, positioning. Let's look at this, uh, verses 1 through 8, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to read it. Uh, uh, hopefully I'll get some new contacts this week and be able to read easier. Uh, anybody want to hold the Bible out here? I can read it a little. Actually, if I had a spotlight on it, I might be able to read it easier. And uh, after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should uh, not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel uh, standing from the east, uh, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud uh, voice, 
to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and of the sea, saying that not the earth, uh, neither nor the sea, nor the trees, uh, till we have sealed the... uh, hurt, Hurt not... I knew there was something missing in that one there. Uh, Hurt not the earth, nor the seas, nor the trees, uh, till uh, uh, we have sealed the servants of our God in the foreheads, uh, in their foreheads. And I heard a number of them which were sealed, and there were uh, sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And so many times uh, it's so easy to just gloss over this next part, but I want you to take particular attention of it. It says, Of the tribes of Judah were sealed 12,000, and of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000, and of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000, and of the tribe of Asher uh, were sealed 12,000, of the tribe of Naphtali were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manassas were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. So what we have here is a passage of Scripture that is seems to be a, kind of a, a weird positioning of things because if you go back and you read chapter 6, you see that... Uh, John sees the Lamb open the the seven seals and he hears about all this destruction that's happening and it seems as though no one is able to miss out on the destruction that's coming uh, in chapter 6. And in fact, it says uh, it doesn't matter if you're a king or a prince or if you are uh, just a common person, everybody of every nation will receive this judgment and it seems as though there's no one that can uh, miss out on these uh, judgments. In fact, uh, if you look at uh, verse 15 in chapter 6, and it says, And the kings of the earth and of the great men and of the rich men and of the chief captains and of the mighty men and every bondsman and every free man uh, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said unto the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Uh, for a great of uh, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand and see so we see all of these this great judgment that's coming upon all the face of the earth, and everyone is uh, feeling the wrath of God and the judgment of god and and this great question that comes at the end of chapter six is who can stand who can uh, stand against the wrath of God? You know we live in a culture in a time where uh, uh, so often uh, we reject the the wrath of God and it, uh, and we reject all that 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 happens when we see uh, you know we have a world that that just wants to say 
to us, uh, well, I don't believe in God because my God would be loving. My God, and one of the things I've heard a lot uh, of people is, is they'll say, well, you know, I just can't believe in your God because my God's a loving God. My God wouldn't send homosexuals to hell. My God wouldn't send uh, people who are just uh, not following after your way of doing things to hell. My God wouldn't send anyone to hell. My God's a loving God. My God's not a wrath God like yours, your God, if you read the Bible, uh, you know, especially in the Old Testament, it's just filled with God uh, killing people and blood and all of this. And, and so for a lot of people in culture, they, they tend to want to overlook uh, God because of His uh, wrath detailed in the Scripture until something like the, kill, uh, the shooting of unar- uh, unarmed young people and children uh, like in the Parkland school shooting. Or uh, you remember back a couple of years back when uh, that lunatic went up to uh, a school in Pennsylvania where all these Amish kids, and some of them as young as second grade, and and, uh, some of them maybe even younger. I I can't remember. Maybe y'all do. uh, These kids that were so young that this guy just went uh, through the school and indiscriminately shot uh, these children, shot the teachers, shot everybody there. And uh, people want to say, Uh, God's a loving God until they see something like that. And then they say, well, uh, there must be a special place in hell for somebody like that. Have you heard that expression before? There's a special place in hell for somebody who would do X, Y, and Z. For a special place in hell for for Saddam Hussein or, or... uh, for uh, Hitler or or somebody that would do something atrocious like this, or uh, and uh, then when something like that happens, the serious uh, the senselessness of the act of violence that causes uh, uh, it causes our culture to then finally believe in the judgment of God and God's wrath and and to say that there is evil in the world. All the other times that uh, people in our culture want to say, well, there's, uh, there's some people that are just evil, but uh, those are the Somali pirates out on the Strait of Hormuz or, or, or there's, uh, those are uh, uh, weird people that are uh, cutting the heads off of people over there and, and Iran or, or uh, some other Middle Eastern uh, nation like that. Uh, the evil people, most people around here are not evil. And so it makes it difficult for us to talk about God and, and how He views sin. It's only when an unimaginable evil occurs does uh, our society accept God's judgment, not the everyday evil of the hearts of men. Look at, at the first uh, uh, few verses uh, there. Uh, the first verse there in chapter 7, it's very key. And it says, After these things I saw. He uh, says, I saw the four angels standing, the four corners. And he saw, verse 2, another angel. And then it says, he heard a voice. 
Um, this is important and it will play in uh, a key part of our understanding of the Scripture. Um, what we need to understand from all of this is, is that all of us are worthy of God's wrath. All of us are worthy of the wrath of God that is uh, uh, poured out in chapter 6. And then it comes to the end of chapter 6 and it says, Who can stand? And it makes you kind of wonder uh, what is happening here and and what it is is uh, you're not seeing this in chronological order. Chapter 6 and chapter 7 don't go in order. What is happening here is like a a novelist that will go through and he'll say this is all that happened and then he'll go back in time and go to the beginning of the time of the events of what you've just read through and tell you some things that happened that kind of fill in the picture and that's what we're having here in chapter 7 it says uh, in chapter 6 all this that's happening everyone is worthy of our uh, of being of receiving the wrath of God all of us are are worthy of of not uh, receiving any grace or any uh, love of God. All of us are worthy of the wrath of God because of the evil of men's hearts. Um, and what is happening here is, is in chapter 7 it says, uh, remember the end of chapter 6 says, who is able to stand? Chapter 7 is John's answer. The only ones who are able to stand are those who are sealed by God. These are the ones who are able to stand. The ones who are sealed. The ones who are, have the seal of God are able to stand through all the judgment. Through all this judgment and all these seals that are opened of God and all the wrath that's poured out, the only ones who are able to stand are not just the every, every, everyday average person because in chapter 6 it goes through and says even the most wealthy people, the most connected people, uh, the people who, who have fallout shelters and all that, they are crawling under rocks and they're saying, fall on us to shield us from this wrath. So even they are not shielded. Only the people who are able to be, uh, the only ones who are able to stand are those who are sealed of God. So what does it mean to stand? That's the next question we need to ask. Uh, well, actually, the first question that we need to ask. What does it mean to stand? Well, there are those who want to believe that it means that uh, there will be people who go through the tribulation and go through this period of time and not be receiving any harm. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Okay? And to stand does not mean that you go through this unscathed, unaffected. In fact, if you go back to the very first chapter of Revelation, we read about the tribulation that is occurring and the martyrs of, of God that, that are enduring the, the hardships and difficulties of the, uh, of the time of revelation and the tribulation that's coming uh, that, that God is warning through John. Uh, in fact, <coughs> so it doesn't mean that people will be able to escape harm uh, by being sealed in the, by the Spirit of God. 
It doesn't mean that we're delivered before the harm. Now, there's some who want to say, well, we're going to be raptured and uh, they say, you know, well, preacher, where's, where's the rapture in, the, in this passage of Scripture? Where is that? Because we had not really read about the rapture, have we? Uh, have y'all read anywhere in there about the rapture? Yeah, I've not, not talked about the rapture, have I? Because it's not in there. It's not in there. It doesn't mean that we're going to be delivered before the rapture, that there'll be uh, no harm to us. No, John starts and it's already happening. The tribulation is at the beginning of the book, uh, as I said a moment ago about the martyrs. It does mean, though, that we are delivered through. Delivered through. That we're... that. When it says that we'll be able to stand, those who are sealed and, and by God, it means that we're delivered through the tribulation. In fact, if you go back to chapter 5 and you read verses 1 through 5, in, uh, it says, And I saw at the right hand of Him that sat on the throne a book written within and with on the backside, sealed with seven seals and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the book and who is uh, to loose the seals thereof and no man in heaven nor in earth neither under the earth was able to open the book neither to look thereupon and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book neither to look upon it or thereupon and one of the elders with uh, said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. What did I tell you this uh, passage was all about in uh, verses 1 through 5? What was he crying about? Why was the seven seals so important? Why was he crying? Does anybody remember? To be honest, it was hard for me to remember without studying, so I'll just give you my answer because I did study. Um, he was crying because, remember, the seven seals ref- reference the judgment of God. The seven seals that are in chapter 6 that are opened up reference the, the righteousness of God pouring out upon man. He's crying because of all those... Remember, uh, the children of Israel were waiting for the deliverance of God, waiting for a Messiah to come that would deliver them from the oppression of all of their oppressors, all the people that are around them that were that they succumbed to after moving into the promised land and, uh, and all these different ones that took the children of Israel into captivity and all that, they were waiting for someone to come in like a righteous king to deliver them from Rome to, uh, and a, a deliverer that would, uh, that would go throughout the land like David did and, and slay the Philistines and, the, uh, and all the ites that lived around them, uh, 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 all the Canaanites that uh, that lived around them, all these different uh, people that were there, they were looking for the Messiah that would come and bring out about vengeance, and uh, primarily because they saw themselves as being oppressed. Because they were. They were oppressed. And so they're looking for the, the righteousness of God to come and bring about judgment on all these people. Well, 
John was crying because no one was able to open the seals to deliver the righteousness of God until the Lion of Judah, the Root of David, who? Jesus Christ, came and He was found worthy. He was able to open it. And so in chapter 6, all the wrath of God is poured out uh, in all of these different seals. And that's what uh, David was saying, be encouraged because God's righteousness will be delivered. God's wrath will come upon the people and, and the people of Israel will be vindicated. So, uh, he is, uh, those who were sealed and able to stand are the ones who are given salvation. And the scroll and the seal was related uh, to this judgment, the justice of God. And it also is related to the inheritance of God that is to come to the people of Israel, to those who are saved and protected from those who are sealed and, and from the tribulation. They are the ones who are receiving the inheritance of God, and they, but they are sealed to, to be able to come through the tribulation uh, and uh, John is saying it's here and now. It's not, it's not coming. He's not warning that it will happen. He's saying it's happening now, but we're, uh, we will have uh, those who are sealed of God. Um, here's the wonderful thing. God knows those whom He has sealed. Uh, they belong to God. And He's uh, not simply just sitting around waiting on those who are going to be sealed to come to Him. He is waiting upon them. He is there for them. And He is, uh, 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 knows them intimately. They are protected by God. They're kept uh, with His mark. And I want you to see the correlation between the two. There are those who are sealed of God, and this is God's mark of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals them. That's what is uh, keeping them. Uh, and those are marked with the seal of God. And, and the devil has to... Uh, the Antichrist is doing everything to try and, and provide a distorted version of what God provides. He, uh, you've got the, uh, uh, the Antichrist, the beast, and... Uh, the prophet, they are representing the anti-version of uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, the God provides the seal of those who are marked of God to be kept through the tribulation and the Antichrist uh, brings about this mark of the beast that is to be the uh, antithesis of uh, the mark of God to protect. It's supposed to, uh, the mark of the beast, remember, is to allow the people to buy goods and to uh, make it through the difficult time that they're going through. And it's supposed to be uh, the antithesis of the mark of God. But God is protecting His people with His mark. And, um, course we understand and know that being martyred does not mean that we're being separated from God but rather we're preserved by God. Uh, the Bible tells us that uh, there's nothing that is able to separate us from the love of God not principalities, not powers uh, of darkness, nothing in this uh, 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 powers of evil throughout this world, nothing is able to take us away from God. Well, we're just barely getting into this uh, topic. There's quite a bit more here. Um, and unfortunately, we are out of time. 
Um, I don't want to stop though. I'd like to keep going. Uh, but uh, uh, let me just uh, go over some of this. Um, this curious list, this is an uh, unusual list. He, uh, and I already talked about the fact that it comes uh, after this because it is not chronological but a flashback. Uh, he says, but after this I saw the four angels, the four corners. It corresponds to the four horsemen that are mentioned in chapter 6 uh, going back in, uh, uh, in time. If you look at Zechariah chapter 6 verses 1 through 5, you'll see the same kind of terminology related to the four horsemen. You'll see the same kind of uh, uh, looking back uh, that you see here in the book of Revelation. Um, and it says, who can stand? And of course, those who are sealed in chapter 7 are the ones who are able to stand. Here's four basic beliefs about the list of the 144,000. Uh, this list. Uh, many believe, uh, There are many who want to believe that this is a literal list. It is a literal list of Jewish, uh, a Jewish remnant sealed after the secret rapture of uh, the Gentile church. Uh, they believe that it's 144,000 of the ones saved during the tribulation that are delivered uh, um, from um, the belief in the beast, uh, believe in the Antichrist. Uh, they believe that this is a literal 144,000 uh, Christians uh, or uh, Israelites who are made uh, into Christians. Uh, now, they, it's predicated on the fact that there is a Gentile uh, church rapture before. And the reason I say Gentile is is because the Bible talks a lot about the the nation of Israel rejecting Jesus Christ, and if if the Israelites reject Jesus Christ, then there's uh, the the church is not composed of God's chosen people, the Israelites, but of Gentiles who have come to faith in Jesus Christ, and. This is predicated on the fact that there's two special groups. The church that believes in Jesus Christ and followed after the book, uh, second chapter of Acts and uh, those who uh, come to know Jesus Christ of Israel during the tribulation. The second group, uh, uh, second basic belief is, is that this is rather than a literal list, it's linked to prophecy found in Romans chapter 11 verses 24 through 26 where it says that all of Israel will be saved. Um, this is also a literal approach to Revelations, but the problem is, is that 144,000 would not be enough for it to include all of Israel. There's more than 144,000 people of Israel of Jewish descent living in Israel, so it could not be all of 144,000 could not be all of Israel. The third group, uh, the third belief is, is that uh, this is uh, these are ethnic Jews living in the first century uh, that are a remnant of uh, the church. And the fourth group is uh, belie- um, the fourth belief is, is that this is a figurative uh, number. Uh, referencing the people of God who are sealed and made it through the tribulation. Now this is the most likely and correct viewpoint is is that this is not just Jewish people, but the 144,000 represents uh, those who come to faith in God uh, during the tribulation. They are sealed by the Holy Spirit and they make it through the tribulation because of the seal of God.
So here's some problems with this being a literal list. There's uh, quite a few irregularities. The list, now I told you to, to take, take close attention starting verse 5 when it says uh, that uh, where the 144,000 is made up. And again, this is where a lot of people tend to kind of flake out because anytime you have repetition, people tend to kind of just go, you're not flaked out now, are you? Y'all, y'all are paying attention still. I hope so. Um, 144,000 where it says that from the tribe of Judah there was 144,000. Usually when there are accounts of the tribes of Israel, who's first? Can anybody tell me that? Well, usually it's in birth order. It's And so you would start out with Reuben because he's the firstborn of Israel. Uh, and it would go in a very different order. Well, it's understandable. You might say that Judah is listed because, well, uh, Jesus is the line of Judah, the root of David. So maybe uh, the writer here is is acknowledging the fact that uh, the tribe of Judah is special because Jesus comes through the lineage of David. So that's why. And so, okay, Judah, then Reuben, and then it goes to Gad. And then it goes to Asher. And then it goes to Naphtali. This is kind of peculiar because it's out of uh, birth order. It's not correct. This list is not found in this order and with these names in any place else. Um, in fact, it's, it's just unusual. Joseph... Joseph is is one of the sons of Israel, but he's not a tribe. Manasseh is listed, but where's Ephraim? Ephraim was listed as a tribe. Manasseh is the son of of, uh, Joseph. He's counted as one of the tribes. But where's Ephraim and Dan? Levi is included, and usually Levi is not listed whenever you have tribes. So what's going on here? This is about, uh, and the, the order, um, these Gad and Asher and Naphtali, these are the sons of the concubines. They're never listed before all the others because their, con- uh, their mothers were concubines to uh, Jacob, not uh, the primary uh, parents. So it's, it's never in this order. They're always at the end. Um, this is about redemption. The sons of, uh, of uh, the concubines are lift, listed after Reuben because it, it describes the redemption of God. This is about redemption. God is, is showing redemption. It's, uh, uh, there's a couple of other problems in that uh, uh, it refers to the people of God here. And it refers to an eth- uh, ethnicity, meaning the Jewish people, and not people of faith. Usually when the people of God are mentioned, it mentions people of faith. Lastly, it's symbolic because of the way the numbers are used in Revelation. Uh, it, it's, it's not a, a literal 144,000. So uh, to, to wrap all this up, uh, what is this all about? This is about the glorious 
promise of redemption, the redemption of God. Those who are sealed are sealed by God. They're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Nothing can separate them from the love of God. All the the trials and tribulations of the uh, seven seals that are opened in chapter 6. It talks about all the wrath of God being poured out and this 144,000 that's mentioned in chapter 7 is all about God's redemption. Everything in this list points to God's redemption. That's why it's figurative. It doesn't include just the, the Jewish people. It's referencing all of God's people. Everyone who comes to know God, it comes to God because of His love. And we see that in the midst of all of this uh, judgment that's coming and being poured out, that God's love overcomes all. That God's love, His redemption, is what God desires to pour out upon mankind. Not wrath, but His wrath is coming forth because of His righteousness. God cannot abide by the sinfulness of man, but God has provided a way for mankind to find, even in the midst of tribulation, even in the midst of the last days, for mankind to come to the love of God and find the saving grace of God, to be able to to come to know Him as... uh, Lord and Savior, and in spite of all that's happening, to be delivered through the tribulation. Not delivered from it, but delivered through. And so the the main point that we need to to emphasize when we talk about uh, God's judgment, even in the midst of uh, chapter 6 and uh, in the book of Revelation is not look at all the the wrath of God and all the things that God's going to pour out Now, this is God's uh, wrath on sin. But God's desire is is that mankind might know His love. And chapter 7 is about emphasizing God's love in the midst of the wrath that's being poured out. God's desire for mankind to receive His love, His forgiveness, His redemption. And that should be our emphasis and focus even... Today in our testimony is the love of God and about His redemption. No, He doesn't condone evil behavior. He doesn't condone people that go out and and mow down children and murder mass murder people and all these things, or even the the little things like cheating on taxes or 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 uh, uh, stealing from the bank or stealing or or. Uh, You name all the other things that we do that's wrong. God doesn't condone those things. He judges those sins. But He loves us. And He provides us a way to escape the wrath of sin in Jesus Christ and His love. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You so much for Your love and goodness and we praise You for Your forgiveness. And Lord, we just pray that You would help us to be ambassadors of Your love and to, ex- uh, to express Your love uh, in this world so that people might see uh, Your desire to bring us out of the tribulation of sin and, and the judgment of sin to Your forgiveness, to Your redemption. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.